I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. You seem a little on edge. If you're suffering as much as I am, please tell me. Oh, yes. I've given up trying to argue with you. <laughs> Relax. What did you say? Take a deep breath. You can tell me what this is. Yes. Hello. No. That's good news. And? You must be very proud. Why? Really? What do you mean? Curious. I understand. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Don't worry. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. Intoxicating. Good job. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 339 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. This is our final episode of 2022. Our final regular episode of 2022. Which is crazy. Yeah, time still has no no meaning anymore. And all this all these new Star Wars shows aren't helping. Yeah, it's on on to the next thing on to the next thing and it's the holiday season it's the it's, it's time for giving for looking back for reflecting gift giving it's the season of giving and saying thank you and number one on our shopping list for gift giving right now this holiday season is attack of the clones it's attack of the clones year it's the 20th anniversary and we really need to give thanks where thanks is due and thank attack of the clones for just being itself all these years and being there for us whenever we needed it it's you know it's the spirit of the season it's time to say hey i appreciate you i appreciate what you do here's a small gift as a token of my appreciation take this as a way of me saying, I care about you. And that's what we're doing with Attack of the Clones and this this grand finale to Attack of the Clones year here on Blast Points. Attack of the Clones has given so much to so many for so long that it deserves to hear how much it means to us. 
And listen, not just us, too. Like, in this episode, you're going to hear the voices of Blast Point's people who also want to give their love to Attack of the Clones on this holiday season. Like, the mistletoe is hanging in the air, and you we're passing Attack of the Clones in the hallway with the mistletoe above, and we're just giving it just a little kiss. Just a little... Boba Fett had a rocket firing backpack and Jango Fett has a mistletoe firing <laughs> out of his backpack. It's a tow missile of Christmas cheer. With, with Attack of the Clones, it's all about, you don't really, it's just all about kissing. It's, it's more kisses than has ever happened in any other Star Wars movie. Attack of the Clones is the most Christmas Star Wars movie ever, when you think about it. Because it's missile, toe, and kissing. And gifts. People give gifts in Attack of the Clones. I can't think of when, but somebody does somewhere. (laughs) Every second is a gift for your eyes. (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi gives Dexter Jetster the dart. You can tell me what this is. He's giving him a gift. Dexter Jetster was like, oh, for me, a present. It's true. And I think Dex gives him a cup of coffee. So they're, you know, exchanging gifts there at the table. Was that whole scene is them telling each other how much they appreciate each other. It could have been like the holiday season in Coruscant at that moment. We don't know. It has been the year of Attack of the Clones. Aside from it being Attack of the Clones year and the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, it really, like, if you think about the year in Star Wars that we've had, where it started with the Book of Boba Fett, which wouldn't have ever happened with Tom if it wasn't for Attack of the Clones, the Kenobi show, hello, Attack of the Clones, and or even a little, just a little bit. I mean, it had clone troopers. It's been an amazing year in Star Wars, and the Attack of the Clones sprinkles are all over the Star Wars donut that was 2022. It's hard to look at flashing red and green lights and red and blue lights on your Christmas tree and not think of either the laser fight on Geonosis or Anakin and Dooku f- swinging their lightsabers in the dark. It, it's it's not Christmas season without thinking of Attack of the Clones. It's, it's the number one thing I think of all the time. My number one holiday movie. People say, like, you know, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Attack of the Clones a Christmas movie? I, I say yes. I think it is. Yeah. So, all right. So what we're going to do here for this epic grand finale of Attack of the Clones year. We've got, each of us, 20 reasons why we are thankful for Attack of the Clones. And we're going to go back and forth, rapid fire, through these reasons, kind of talk about why, why we love these reasons, and because it's the season of giving, after every one, we're going to hear the incredible sound of Zam Speeder delivering gifts to all the good children of the galaxy far, far away. For all we know, that that was that was Zam's job the previous year, just delivering gifts. Someone hired her to deliver gifts. She just, you know, she just needed the job. It was just a job. So, you know, her previous job was delivering gifts. I don't think she exactly died with the we shall me slamer. I think she got she got better. And after that whole experience, she was like, no more bounty hunting for me. Django's dead. You know, why? I'm just going to start over and I'm going to deliver presents to all the children of the galaxy. 
you know, she is a shapeshifter and, you know, there's no reason she couldn't have just shapeshifted into somebody that was dead. And it was all just, you know, just for show. She's out there traveling the galaxy, giving gifts. That's what I wanted. That's what I'm going to believe. It's my head cannon, if you will. <laughs> yeah. It's the time of year where you, you just had to believe. All right. So no time to waste here. Gabe, what's your number one reason why you are thankful for Attack of the Clones? The on-location webisodes with Ahmed Best. Mm. Sometimes Star Wars is Star Wars. Sometimes Star Wars is in the real world. Sometimes the real world and Star Wars cross over, and the webisodes are an amazing time capsule. They're an amazing peek behind the scenes, and they're just, every time you watch them, they just get better. The one where George Lucas is getting lunch and Ahmed Best ambushes George Lucas and is talking about what he's getting for lunch. Everybody's working hard. Everybody's busting it. It's getting dark. And when it gets dark, what happens? Food. You got to eat some food. You got to do some food. And the first person at the food is... I love the first person. I'm checking it out to make sure it's sufficient for the crew. What a director. He is directing the catering. How does one direct catering? That's about the size of it. That's how one directs catering. Is it any different directing actors than directing catering? Good enough. That's Everybody good enough. Join in. Do you have to yell action to the food, or does the food just happen? You're scaring everybody away. Nobody's going to eat as long as you're here. <laughs> Jason, number one on your list. Tem. Attack of the Clones gave us Tem. It has been the year of Tem. He's a hero. People, I've, I've seen people, you know, people are starting to really talk about Mandalorian season three. We're getting really close. And I've seen more and more of like, please tell me Boba Fett's in it. We both recently bought Boba Fett three and a quarter action figures. <laughs> Tem's getting us back into the little tiny figures. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason we bought them is because they got the removal helmet and it's a little bald Tem head. If there wasn't Tamar Morrison, if there wasn't Django Fett, I mean, Django Fett got me into Boba Fett. Like, I wasn't a big Boba Fett guy. I mean, maybe a little bit, but, it, you know, Django was like, ooh, it's like Boba Fett, but he's silver. Oh. Same. <laughs> Same now. Yeah. And now, yeah, Book of Boba Fett was amazing. I think about it probably every day. And it's all because of Tem, and it's all because of Attack of the Clones. The other day I was doing something outside, and I just kind of stopped, and I was thinking about, man, good guy Boba Fett. Good guy Boba Fett's a real thing now. And I was like, God, that's great. People give him, people give him fruit, which, giving people fruit, it's Attack of the Clones. It's how you show love in Attack of the Clones. Fruit. It's at the point now where Tem at Celebration Anaheim was on stage with Anthony Carboni, and he just broke out into song. Okay, are we ready? You guys can join. Let me sing the first verse and then you come in in the chorus, okay? You'll know the song. Okay. <coughs> Hang on. Let me just get ready about it. Day after day I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pole. So, so perfect, though. Tem is a gift to us, and to Tem, we say 
Thank you. Uh, for me, the Phase One Clone Troopers. I don't know. It was love at first sight. They're my favorite stormtrooper, clone trooper, whatever you want to call them. The fin on the helmet. It's just too much. It's too good. The little light that lights up, and you know, it's a stormtrooper crossed with Boba Fett. Maybe I do secretly just have a Boba Fett thing. I I wouldn't admit until Attack of the Clones. And yeah, they're my favorite. It's the it's possibly like the rarest clone trooper. They don't show up in many other things. It's true. They're kind of only in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Well, that crosses, uh, you know, my second one is clones. Just clones in general. The fact that Attack of the Clones gave us clones. And we talked about this topic a lot. What a gift to Star Wars storytelling clones have been. We're just on the verge of Bad Batch Season 2 starting. A show all about misfit clones. And like even in the trailer, they're like, some of these clones are starting to realize that they did bad. You know, like the whole clone thing is so interesting. Never, ever, ever did I ever think I would be so invested in the story of the clones. One person knew, and it was George Lucas, and he put it in the title because he knew we would never get tired of clones. And once they attack, you could never go back. And it's just nothing but clones. <laughs> Kit Fisto's smile. If just Kit Fisto was all we got from Attack of the Clones, a new green alien with tentacle dreadlocks, that would have been cool enough. The fact that he's a Jedi makes it even better. But the fact that he takes a second to stop and smile, just what else can you be thankful for but that? What a moment. What a Star Wars moment where it's the most ridiculous of ridiculous, the Geonosis Arena battle. Yeah, and he stops and takes takes a moment to smile. It's so ridiculous. But I remember in the theater watching Attack of the Clones for the first time and just being overjoyed by that moment. Like, yes. Kid Fisto was just feeling what we were all feeling in the audience that I just, you know, I just got a smile right in the middle of this maniac movie. And yeah, just got to sit here and smile. Just having a great time. Just having a wonderful time. Another gift that Attack of the Clones gave us, Hayden Christensen. Star Wars royalty, superstar, back so big this year in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Street Beat is we're going to see him again in Ahsoka in some way, shape, or form. Hayden is the greatest when we were at Celebration Anaheim and he when he would come out on stage, like the only person getting louder applause than Ewan McGregor was like, oh, my God, it's Hayden Christensen. Oh, well, and it started at uh, in Orlando, right? Or was it Ch- when he came out? Or was it Chicago? When did he come out the first time and people went nuts? That was Orlando for the, the 40th anniversary panel, yeah. And it seeing him back as Anakin Skywalker again this year, such a gift. And it all started with Attack of the Clones. Gotta give thanks. Thanks. 
Wat Tambor. I can't get enough. I've never been able to get enough. In a movie full of craziness, in a scene full of crazy aliens, there's a giant metal guy who looks like a tooth with a knob on his chest. And like Kit Fisto smiling, it's just a moment in the movie where you're like, man, this this is a movie. <laughs> this is a movie movie. <laughs> this is something working on some other crazy level. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a guy like it's, what what is it? It's, yeah, it's like a metal like toxic waste worker suit or something. Yeah. And he's like screwing with dials on it. It makes no sense. It's like Ben Burt madness combined with some craziness. And it, the, the thing I love with the Watt Tambor scene is it's like supposed to be kind of like a serious scene. Like Obi-Wan is like kind of like spying and they're supposed to be like, you know, this confederacy of independent systems, you know, and they're all pledging their allegiance to count Dooku, but it's just in Same. It's it's the mind of George Lucas mashed into the mind of Ben Burt, and there's some ooze that oozes out, and it's Watt Tambor, and we're all the better for it. It's like what were we talking about with the Book of Boba, where it's like a Pike and a Hammerhead guy like talking about like really serious stuff, and it's like that's kind of classic Star Wars because it's like the most ludicrous looking aliens talk having some real heavy dialogue, you know. Attack of the Clones. The Techno Union Army is at your disposal, Count. Love talk. All the love talk in Attack of the Clones. I can't get enough of it. Whenever Anakin and Padme get together, the love talk. They talk about love. You love the talk. They talk about love. The love talk. They talk is the talk you love. What he called courtly love, like, <laughs> which I don't have, what is that? But yeah, just that amazing, amazing love talk. Again, every time I watch it, it takes me back to the first time I saw Attack of the Clones where I was just like, <laughs> I love this, but wow, this is going to, how's this going to go down? This is crazy. But it's, it's a beautiful, amazing, incredible thing. The love talk. It's just, it's unique. And you know, that's the thing too, where it's been the year of Attack of the Clones. It's been great hearing from the different generations of people that grew up with Attack of the Clones and they love it. They love it. They love it for what it is. They know how ridiculous it is, but they love it. And we love them for loving it the way you should love it. So not only is what was in the movie of Attack of the Clones so wonderful and worth our thanks, it's also what didn't make it into the movie of Attack of the Clones that's so wonderful and deserves our thanks. Padme's family, her mom, her dad, her sister, her other sister, no, her nieces, her nephew, they're all there. Nayberry's Padme didn't even know about showed up to meet Anakin. Uncle Harlow showed up (laughs) to meet Anakin. I love Padme's mom and dad. They're there at the funeral. I love the deleted scenes. I love that talk in the garden with dad Amidala and Anakin. Like, where where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, like, that's not what they talk about at all. But that's how I want to remember it. And there was none of that in Phantom Menace. There's none of that in Revenge of the Sith. Only Attack of the Clones. And we got to give thanks.
Okay, my next one, the pair. Yes, the pair, the dinner. We're still in the love talk area, but the pair that floats across the table, cutting it with the force, <laughs> making it float. Just Anakin showing off. Look what I can do. I can make a pair float. It's a floating pair at the dinner, and then poor Natalie Portman has to so obviously eat something that didn't exist. But that's why it tasted so sweet. <laughs> the forbidden pear. Well, and you gotta love, you know, this movie's it's it's working on so many levels. It's like Anakin and Padme, they're a pair. They're a pair that's gonna break the rules. So here they are eating a pear that's breaking the rules because it's floating and being cut by the force. It's, it's deep stuff. It's Tag of the Clones. I am on a roll of things that aren't in the movie, and maybe they should have been, but they still exist, and they're still wonderful. Padme's Bedroom, Nakitula, Sweetheart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Padme's talking to Anakin about her trip to help these people, these aliens that need to move to another planet because their planet's dying, and they couldn't adapt, and they died. and. Not only is there a story, there's a hologram picture frame on the wall, and you can see happy young Padme hugging these alien creatures, and it's sweet and sad and outrageous all at the same time. It's so Attack of the Clones that it's insane that it's not in the movie. That was one I went with a relief group. Their sun was imploding and the planet was dying. I was helping relocate all the children. See that little one I'm holding? His name was Nakitulo, which means sweetheart. He was so full of life. They all were. They were never able to adapt, to live off their native planet. They all died. We told this story every time that we talk about the Nakitula scene, but Celebration Anaheim 2015, you had a, a homemade T-shirt. <laughs> his, his name was Nakitula with a picture of the, the hologram. And we're waiting in line to go see the, the costumes of The Force Awakens. And the guy in line in front of us turned around and read your shirt. And he was like, what, what is that? What was, what does that mean? And we were all jacked up. Cause we went to like the force awakens, like uh, panel that morning. And we were like, man, that's the lead scene from attack of the clones. Do you even know star Wars? Like, what are you even doing here? That's, that's the best stuff right there. Yeah. We may have gotten a little carried away, but it was, we hadn't slept for two days and uh, yeah. It's, you know, it happens. That that scene right there is better than The Empire Strikes Back. You you get out of here. <laughs> yeah, give me your badge. Stomp on it. The mullet. That's what I got next, the mullet. Obi-Wan Kenobi's mullet. <sighs> Again, the mullet was back in 2022. It was a gift. The mullet was back in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. And it was back in Tales of the Jedi. It has been the year of Obi-Wan's mullet, really, when you think about it. We were already excited to get another Star Wars movie. We were already excited to get an older Obi-Wan Kenobi. We had no idea that not only were we going to get 
both of those, but that Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to have not just a beard, but yeah, a huge shaggy red mullet. We were, yeah, we were just focused on the beard. We're like, oh man, what if in the second one he has a beard? Not thinking like, you know, you get the issue of Insider and Ewan McGregor's on the cover. Your first look at episode two, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you're like, oh, Look at that big, thick, weird mullet. Yeah. It's, it's George Lucas giving you what you think you want, but not in the way you th- think you're going to get it. And the mullet has been back. It's been embraced. And that's that's Attack of the Clones here right there, the mullet. And really, you know, you could kind of say Attack of the Clones is a mullet. It's kind of a little bit business on top, and it's definitely a party in the back. All right, after this, I promise I'll stop talking about deleted things from Attack of the Clones, but this one's from the script. It's in the comic. It's Padme talking about the old man who blows glass and how magical he is. Set set the scene for people that don't know. (laughs) So in the scene when they're on the balcony and they're talking about sand, Anakin's talking about sand, Padme's talking about how she likes the water and she likes to swim, In the longer version, she's talking about swimming to the island where there's an old man who blows glass and he makes beautiful things out of glass and it's magical. What if that's Uncle Harlow? It could be. He, yeah, it very well could be. Okay, this next one, fairly obvious, a general one. Dooku. It gave us Dooku. Not only was Attack of the Clones year 2022, the year of the mullet, the year of Hayden Christensen, the year of Tem, all this stuff. Somehow also it was the year of Dooku because we got the best Dooku stories maybe ever with Tales of the Jedi that tied right back into Attack of the Clones that challenged the way we looked at Dooku in Attack of the Clones. Who would have guessed that on top of all the amazing gifts that Attack of the Clones has been given this year in 2022, we got Dooku content, and it all started with the amazing Christopher Lee as the one and only Count Dooku. Well, and it gave us more Qui-Gon Jinn that we wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for Dooku and Dooku being Qui-Gon's old master. Just so amazing. Never, ever, 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 ever would have guessed. Yeah, and it's all Attack of the Clones. It's all that one movie. So many gifts and so many gifts that happened this year. All right, my next one. It's an important one. And it's in the movie. Sad Watto. The most intense acting in the movie one of the best computer animated scenes ever put on film we get back to tatooine we run into Watto, and he's older and he's rougher and he's gruffer and he looks really sad and he has a hat it's just it's amazing enough to have Watto back from phantom menace but the fact that he actually gets to act like he's really acting and it's it seriously honestly is just such a great little moment and the fact that it's Watto just takes it to the next level well i'm glad you mentioned yeah how incredible he looks because there was a recent interview with guillermo del toro where i think it was on jimmy fallon where he was talking about how like with his stop motion pinocchio like jimmy fallon's like i stopped 
even thinking about that they were stop motion. I just thought of them as like characters. And Guillermo del Toro is like, that's the goal. And it's so true because like in that moment, Waddle looks so good. And this is 2002. You don't think about, oh, like, Watto looks so good. It's like, oh, there's Watto, and he's talking to Anakin. It's just, it's, it, the, it holds up so well. Uh, it's just incredible. Thank you, Attack of the Clones. Next one, Zam. Another kind of general one, Zam Wessel. We did our whole episode in Attack of the Clones here with Savannah, with Zam, that kind of heightened my appreciation of Zam, where now Zam is amazing. I love Zam. I've always really loved Zam. I've always really loved the whole thing with Zam. Like, it's the classic bounty hunter thing where it's like, oh, that per- that character looks incredibly cool. And then the more and more and more we learn about Zam, the more and more cool the character gets. And that's Zam. Zam Wessel. Incredible. Well, and it's extra special because really kind of Zam only exists in Attack of the Clones because she wasn't around to be in Clone Wars. So it, it's an extra special treat when you're watching Attack of the Clones to get that this little bit of Zam. She's been in some Forces of Destiny and stuff like that, but maybe we'll see her again delivering her presence to all the, all the good children of the galaxy. The sounds, all of them, I mean... Star Wars is all about incredible sound effects, incredible sound design. All the movies have wonderful moments of sound and sound design, but I feel like Attack of the Clones is maybe the greatest of them all and was the last just huge explosion of Ben Burtness and Ben Burt insanity. And maybe part of that is because he was much more involved in all the aspects of the movie and but man there are so many just insane classic star wars sound moments in attack of the clones pago the lesser's voice the seismic charge there's guitars there's guitar shredding on the soundtrack there's Watt tambor's voice it just goes on and on and on yeah the seismic charge being one of probably the most classic star wars sounds ever and don't forget too made a grand reappearance in the book of boba fett earlier this year well and in uh mandalorian season two also right yeah 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 and people cheered you talked a lot about uh, stuff that wasn't in Attack of the Clones. Here's my pick for one thing that is not in Attack of the Clones that I've got to give thanks to. One of my favorite things, the deleted analysis droids. I love those droids. I'm I'm looking at my action figures of them right now. They're so cool. That scene is so cool. I love the design of those droids because they almost they look like droids that are like not moving in the queue for Star Tours. Just like the, the the old like stripped down birds or something that they, they took all the fur off and they're just sitting there. I just love that kind of just like rando droid kind of thing with a bunch of gears and stuff. And I love the deleted analysis droids. Yeah, they're definitely some droids that don't get enough enough love. And is that scene even on? That's on Disney Plus, I think. Isn't that scene one of the ones on Disney Plus? I hope so. I hope so. If it is. 
stop listening to this episode right now and go watch that scene. If it's not, call Bob Iger and demand, demand that that scene gets put on Disney Plus. And then maybe the next investors call, um, please say that the deleted analysis droid scene is back on Disney Plus. Yeah. What's the point of bringing Bob Iger back if he's not going to get the analysis droids on Disney Plus? Yeah. What, what are you doing, Bob Iger? He only came back for that reason. Hey, and that's that reason is enough. So my next one is it's kind of a general thing, but it's not really. It's Camino. All of it, the water, the buildings, the people, the whales, the rain, the lightning. Let's not forget, at the end of Bad Batch Season 1, one of the saddest things ever had all Star Wars fandom in a tizzy was the destruction of Kamino, where Bill was like, no, I've loved you for 20 years. And I think it's true. I think even people who might say, I didn't like Attack of the Clones, I think they still loved Kamino. Yeah, I think they did. I think people that say they didn't love Attack of the Clones, they actually do love Attack of the Clones. No, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But <laughs> yeah, everything about Camino, the music when they're on the Camino, it's the best. It's all, it's just a planet full of the best stuff. Dad Tonweed's here, it's on Camino. The Camino aliens, it's insane. We never had aliens that bizarre, except maybe like the Cantina in Star Wars. Like things just got real crazy. The big soup ladles that come out of the ceiling. Here's another general thing. Everybody loves this. Every, everybody loves it. This is another one, even if people say they don't love Attack of the Clones, they love this. Dexter Jetster. It was the year of Dexter Jetster. Celebration Anaheim, they were selling neon Dexter Jetster signs for like, what, 300 bucks or something. I don't know how much they were. They, they were gone in like 10 seconds. Part of that is like, oh my God, it, the Attack of the Clones has been embraced once again. Everyone loves Dexter Jester. People are like, is Dexter Jester going to show up in the Obi-Wan show? No, he's not. But people wanted that. No one expected or asked for a multi-limbed, overweight, diner-running alien with a dirty apron that likes to hug people. But once people saw that, that that was something they could have, they're not ready to give it up. Hey, old buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Not only do we know Obi-Wan Kenobi has friends, we know he has the best friends. He showed up in books, too, and people were losing their minds. Dexter Jetster, part of the Attack of the Clones renaissance. All right. I might be taking this a little too far with this next one, but I'm going to do it anyway. The last 40 minutes of Attack of the Clones. All of it. From... I've been dying a little bit each day since you came back into my life all the way through the Yoda fight and the wedding and the Star Destroyers flying up into the sky while Bail Organa pounds his fist. All of that. I have watched that last 40 minutes of Attack of the Clones probably more than anything else Star Wars in my entire life. And I love it. And I and I'm grateful every day that anytime I can watch those 40 minutes and drift away to Star Wars heaven. Starting as they go into the arena right up into the, 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 the credits rolling. Yeah. What an amazing 
last act of any so like that is probably the, the most bonkers last act really when you think about it of any star wars movie ever of, of almost maybe any movie ever oh yeah <laughs> it's really when step back and really look at it and take you know like wow this is nuts because there's no pause there's no break it's 40 minutes solid of star wars outrageous action and creatures and ships and space and battles it's like somebody taking a big bin full of star wars toys and throwing it at your face as hard as they can it's really what it is and you and you just loving every everyone that hits your face just guess hit me with more of them maybe you have your mouth open like ah <laughs> <laughs> Basic one, the score. The score. John Williams taking it to the next level across the stars. Incredible. I know I'm a fan. Not not as much with the Chase Your Coruscant music. Love it. Yeah, it's growing on me. But just the fact that, yeah, the movie, the whole movie is just built around Across the Stars. And Across the Stars is so good that it can carry the whole movie. Like you said, yeah, the Camino music. There's every time they talk about something bad like count dooku or something bad there's the boom 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 so good i even love the the very brief chase through the asteroid music yes so good so good just so much fun john williams kicking it up a notch getting crazy and don't forget about duel of the fates the new recording of duel of the fates as anakin goes across the desert yes Super Battle Droids. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for them. I loved the Battle Droids in Attack of the Clones. And then we got new Battle Droids. And they were just like even better. They're bigger. They're bluer. They have like flipper hands that shoot lasers. I don't know. They're the best. They just come out in the arena at the end, the, the, the final 40 minutes. And it's like, what is that? I feel like that was something that was like in Insider or like we definitely saw the toys, like the action figures, like at Toys R Us, like the midnight sale before the movie came out. And it was like, this movie's going to be insane. And it wasn't this year, but they came back in Mandalorian season one. And that was a beautiful thing. And in Bad Batch. I don't think it's the last time we've seen Super Battle Droids. Well, I see them every night when I close my eyes. So <laughs> beautiful Naboo. Phantom Menace. We saw Naboo. We saw Thede City. Kind of saw, like, you know, the town and stuff. We saw a little bit of the field. And we saw, like, Odagunga. That counts as Naboo. But we didn't see beautiful Naboo. Attack of the Clones was not afraid to get beautiful, to show the fields, the waterfalls. The fields of shacks. The lake country. Gondola rides on Naboo. Naboo is beautiful. Attack of the Clones was not afraid again and i love that about attack of the clones if there's one thing we can agree that's true it's beautiful naboo all right not only did we get to see obi-wan kenobi with his beard finally after phantom menace we got to see his incredible fake beard in a few shots and got a little bit of general Maydeen spirit back into star wars with attack of the clones it's a beautiful guessing game with phantom menace and attack of the clones when ewan mcgregor's hair and or beard is fake yeah. 
Because, like, one scene, like, one line of dialogue, it's fake beard or fake hair. And then the next scene, it's like, no, wait, it just changed. It's shorter. It's weird. It's going back and forth. It's a lot of fun to do if you ever, if you want to watch Attack of the Clones in a whole new way, spot the fake beard. Well, and, you, and it makes you think, did it change or have I changed? Am I a different person now? And I'm just interpreting, interpreting this in a different way. You know, and it's like when we did the Outlander Club with Amy, where we've seen that movie hundreds of times, and there's always something new to spot. And probably one of those is fake beard moments that, you know, perhaps we overlooked before. We talked about before Tales of the Jedi, how much it added to Dooku history, but... It's like the very first Attack of the Clones year episode we did where we were saying Attack of the Clones is the most important Star Wars movie ever. And if anything, the gift that was Tales of the Jedi this year just proved that again. Because in some way, shape, or form, every little mini story in Tales of the Jedi had its roots in Attack of the Clones. It may be Star Wars' greatest gift to us all, Attack of the Clones. Every year under your tree, there's going to be another little box and you're going to open it up. and It's just going to be a piece of paper that says Attack of the Clones and have a little heart drawn on it. It's going to be your empty food box from the charity screening. Just a silver foil cardboard box with an Attack of the Clones sticker on it. Yes, we all get one every year. That's what Sam Wessel is flying around in her speeder and putting under trees and in stockings and just in people's front yards. Jocasta knew. Who knew? Jocasta knew. And George Lucas knew that, hey, Jedi are pretty cool, but you know what's even cooler than a Jedi? A Jedi librarian. Just an old lady Jedi in the library, helping kids, talking smack to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Jocasta knew. Can't beat her. She's the best. She's new and improved. <laughs> Typho fever. Captain Typho. Who doesn't have Typho fever right now? We all, Everybody, all, as soon as you, you think about Typho, you look at Typho. As soon as they get to Naboo, he comes out like, I guess there was no danger after all. Right away, the Typho fever spread. You got to take your temperature. You're sweating. There's no cure. If you don't have it yet, you'll have it eventually. We're all going to have it at some point. And yeah, how, how do you make people not wonder where Panaka went and ask about Panaka? Where's Panaka? I loved Panaka. But, yeah, Captain Typho makes you forget. Well, and I'm going to keep the Captain Typho love going with a very specific part of Captain Typho. He has an eye patch. It's a space eye patch. It's, like, glued to his face. It's got a little slit in it. Maybe it has cameras in it. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it shows movies. I don't know. But it's it's amazing and incredible and one of the reasons that we all have Typho fever. It's a sign that he's seen some action. He's seen some wild stuff. At one point, Kevin Typho was doing something so outrageous that he lost an eye. Or he just wears it. Or it's, his eye's actually fine and it's just a cool fashion accessory. Maybe his eye just likes to rest. He's too hot. It's, it's, it's stopping the heat from coming out. It's, it just has a fan in it just to cool his one eye. Typho fever. Break out in a sweat. Cold sweat. All right, this one, people got you got to stay with me here. The wild energy of the factory scene. 
The factory scene is wild. It really is. The, everyone knows that it was kind of added after the fact that George Lucas like, well, this, this, the, the end needs a little something. And so they went and they shot the factory scene. It's all like on green screen. The music makes no sense because it was too late for John Williams to score something new. So it's like Padme's running in the, the factory and there's Yoda's theme playing. It's all over the place. <laughs> Yeah. 3PO is getting tossed around like a CG 3PO saying the wackiest jokes of all time. And that's what I'm saying. The wild energy of the factory, like the factory scene is like its own yeah. mini movie. And in a movie full of wild energy and craziness. Yeah. It's its own even wilder and crazier section. Only in attack of the clones. We talked about Dooku. There's a lot of Dooku in this movie. But in addition to real life Count Dooku, there is a carved statue, a bust of Count Dooku's head in the library. And at this point, I can't even remember if it's in the movie or if it's in the deleted scenes, but it's incredible. Does that exist? Is that in the archives? Where, where can we get a touch the Christopher Lee head? Did they make one at Galaxy's Edge? Or did they not do the Dooku head yet? They they had the other heads. There is, isn't there? Yeah, somebody listening that goes every week is just like, you fools! Yes, there is. Of course there is. But it, was, it wasn't there when we were there. Yeah, they we they saw us coming and they were like, get it off the shelf. <laughs> no, because, yeah, there's like the Palpatine bust, there's a Darth Maul bust, and there's a Dooku bust. And they had them like, like in a glass case, like they were like Bohemian Rhapsody Queen, like in a triangle or something. <laughs> When we were in those stores, we were like, <laughs> we were freaking out. So it's all blur. The big bust of Christopher Lee. That was even before, like, that's the amazing thing with Attack of the Clones. Like, when we saw the bust of Count Dooku, it was before we even actually physically saw Christopher Lee in the movie. Like, everybody's talking about Dooku, and we see the bust before we actually see Dooku. It had to ease people into it. Action Yoda. I like a good passive Yoda. I like the Empire Strikes Back Yoda. But I also have got to hand it to Action Yoda. It was such a game changer moment. I was swept up in it. Yeah, everybody was. It was insane. You people, I don't think people know now how crazy theaters went when Action Yoda happened. I mean, we told the story a million times when we were at Celebration 2. And it was absolute anarchy. Rick McCallum's standing up on stage yelling and screaming at an audience, you took your shoe off. My, my, my throat felt like it exploded. I was yelling so hard. No, and we've said it a million times too. Everybody was like that at the theater. And if anyone tries to tell you they didn't like it, they're lying. They're lying. Because theaters went insane. And I've got to just, you know, you got to hand it to it. It's, it's still so great. It is. And it's, was totally unlike anything we'd seen before and kind of still is the whole Yoda species bouncing frog spinning fighting style. It's just, it, it's a thing and it's great. And I love the old interviews where John Knoll was like generally like concerned, like nervous. Like if this doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Mr. Cool, who you never see him sweat was kind of sweating a little bit about this one. Our double was doing all the sword fighting just against nothing for uh, for where he's fighting Yoda. That'll be challenging. I mean, there's... 
And it has to be handled well because it ha does have the potential of, of being unintentionally funny if it's not done right. We have this uh, this tiny little you know, two and a half foot tall uh, frog creature who's uh, you know running around with these lightsabers fighting somebody who's over six feet tall. Uh, if not handled just right, it's going to look silly. I promise at some point I'll stop talking about Dooku, but Attack of the Clones not only does it have Count Dooku, it has Count Dooku, Christopher Lee, riding on a speeder bike with a cape. It's incredible. It's insane. It's ridiculous. I love it. I love every second, every frame of that scene. It's so incredible and outrageous. There was a website, Dooku.net, that was up for like 18 years that just had that clip on a loop and you could change the music and it was the wildest thing. And the only reason it's not still a website, I think it is still a website. It's just, it won't run anymore because the internet doesn't support flash. Like nothing. That's the only thing that killed Dooku.net. And it's all because of that scene of Christopher Lee on a speeder bike, just flying around the desert with his cape flying in the wind. So good. It's cool as a cucumber. Just giving him little hand signals. Dooku on a speeder bike flew so Luthen could soar. Like you know, when Luthen's riding that that little wild speeder bike, that was kind of like it's kind of like Dooku. <laughs> Somebody was saying that. Maybe just us. At least we were saying it. Padme, Padme, Padme Amidala in Attack of the Clones. We got to know who Padme was a little, little, little bit more in Attack of the Clones. I really like Padme in this movie. Yeah, she got to do it all. She got to be a senator. She got to fall in love. She got to shoot a blaster. She got to fight a giant space cat. She got to get married. She got to talk to uh, Christopher Lee in deleted scenes. She got to do all kinds of stuff. She got to have her family. She got to have a picture frame with an alien that she's hugging. It's just, there's so much. She got to eat space pancakes. <laughs> and a space pear. All right, my next one. It's from the last 40 minutes. I guess a lot of these things are, but it's it was in the trailers. It's in the movie. It's still one of the most just visually impressive Images from Star Wars. It's the clones firing blasters in a dust storm at the battle droids, and it's just dust and flashes and lights. And it's the crazy experimental George Lucas coming out in a little section of the movie that's just colors and motion. And it's just really, really cool. I always think of that scene with the the hard zoom in on the one clone, like in that little control tower thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. George Lucas getting wild. You know he's just having the time of his life. The debate is over. Senator Ask Ask. Again, it's kind of a serious scene. A lot of stuff going on. And then you got this Reyes dude yelling at Jimmy Smits. The debate is over. And Jimmy Smits gets all mad. <laughs> Unfortunately, the debate is not over. 
subtitles so we know the important dialogue that this Rigi's guy is saying. I always wonder what normal people that aren't like, oh, it's a Rigi's, you know, from Return of the Jedi. So good to see a Rigi's. I believe that's a Chris Wallace design. Normal people that went to go see Attack of the Clones are like, what is happening? Why is that alien with three eyes yelling at Jimmy Smith's? Yeah, like, be nice to Jimmy Smith's three-eyed alien. He was in L.A. Law. Senator Ask Ask, one of my favorite parts in all of Attack of the Clones. Well, and it's the, you know, my favorite parts of Star Wars, which Attack of the Clones is a lot of, where you have, you know, a human in a costume, a CG creature, and then someone in a rubber mask, just all interacting in a beautiful, wonderful Star Wars world. This is an important one. The movie ends. They get married, but not. it's not enough that they get married. Padme holds Anakin's golden robot hand. And the camera just zooms right in, and we see it. And it's in a movie full of the most Star Wars moments in Star Wars. It's the most Star Wars moment of Star Wars moments in a movie full of Star Wars moments. Which, side note... Originally, if you went to go see the movie like opening night at a regular movie theater, that was not in it. That only first showed up in the digital version, which you and I both drove really far to go see Attack of the Clones projected digitally. And it was, though, then in the IMAX cut, which was wild. Like they took stuff out, they put stuff in. But yeah, it was like, why are you, people say like, why are you driving so far to go see Attack of the Clones again? And it's like, well, it's digital and it's got a part where Padme touches Anakin's robot hand. I had to go to California to see it. <laughs> you flew on a plane to see Padme touch Anakin's robot hand. I drove to Southfield, Michigan to a theater that doesn't even exist anymore. And when Padme touched Anakin's robot hand, I was like, all worth it. Let's do it again. I talked about Senator Ask Ask. Now I'm talking about Jimmy Smits. This movie gave us Jimmy Smits as Bail Organa. Jimmy Smits has somehow become the central figure in all Star Wars storytelling now. I think the only complaint people had about Andor was just like, well, Jimmy Smits wasn't in it. We didn't get Bail Organa, but he's got to be in season two, right? Right, right, right. You know, like... Is Jimmy Smith going to be in the Ahsoka show? Could Jimmy Smith be in Mandalorian? That doesn't make any sense, but could it happen? Everybody wants more Jimmy Smiths. And Tales of the Jedi proved it. If there's a chance, if there's a reason to put some Jimmy Smiths, Bail Organa in, they're going to. Because, again, yeah, people that maybe said, you know, I didn't really like Attack of the Clones, but that Jimmy Smiths, man, I like Bail Organa. Don't forget, too, remember how good Jimmy Smiths was? in what was it the first episode of obi-wan kenobi with all the stuff on alderaan his scenes with little leia wonderful we would not have those scenes if it was not for attack of the clones that's the truth and the debate is over all right this is another one that ties into uh the kenobi show and it is the introduction of the entire Lars family, not just Owen and Beru, but grumpy old Klieg and Shmi, who is as much a Lars as a Skywalker. 
Clean wires. Oh. Uncle Owen's going to be in this movie. What's that going to be like? Little did we know that Uncle Owen has a dad, and he's even more uncle than Uncle Owen himself. One Bonnie piece is Baru. As much as the breakout star of Obi-Wan Kenobi was Little Leia or seeing Jimmy Smith's again, the return of Bonnie Peace just slapping Riva. The Baru crew would not exist if it was not for Attack of the Clones giving Baru even more, bringing Baru into the 21st century. Sometimes we predict the future and we knew... We knew Baru. We knew there was some Baru that was going to come. And we would not, yeah, we would not have Baru crew, we would not have Bonnie Peace, the legend that is Bonnie Peace, if it was not for Attack of the Clones. This is my last one. It's my, this is my 20th one. The fact that it changed filmmaking forever. No big deal, but it did. It introduced digital filmmaking Digital projection, like we said, how we drove all around to see Padme touch Anakin's robot hand. Film shot digitally, projected digitally. It changed the way movies are made, the way movies are shown forever. It was Attack of the Clones. And that's why this holiday season, you know, you're with family, you're with friends, you're celebrating, you're telling people how important they are and how much you appreciate them. But you can't forget to tell them how much you appreciate Attack of the Clones, for everything it's given the world. Not just us, the world. We laugh, but it's true. (laughs) It really is. Because in a matter of weeks, Bad Batch Season 2 is going to be back. And it's going to have Attack of the Clones in it. And just after that, Mandalorian Season 3 is going to be here. And I won't be surprised if there's not some Attack of the Clones in that. What's even after that? The Ahsoka show. More Attack of the Clones, I'm sure. Uh, who knows? I don't even know what's coming for the next of, for the rest of next year, but it's going to be insane. Yeah. Acolyte, somehow, it takes place before Attack of the Clones, but you know what? There's going to be Attack of the Clones in it. I'm pretty sure. What's going to be on our mind the whole time during Acolyte? Palpatine, Dooku, Sith, Order 66, all stuff that is rooted in Attack of the Clones stuff. All right, you have heard each of our 20 reasons to give thanks for Attack of the Clones. Now let's turn it over to you folks. Let's hear what you folks sent in, why you are thankful for Attack of the Clones. So what we're going to do here is we're just going to play all the stuff that all of you sent in, all your amazing gifts to Attack of the Clones. We're just going to go in order through all of them. And let's hear our first one from Sam here. Hey, Jason and Gabe, this is Sam calling from California. Attack of the Clones, I'm always going to have love for this movie. Uh, Summer it came out, I was 12 years old, and man, what a great year for movies that was. We had Spider-Man, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. For a 12-year-old, that was incredible. Um, Now, my family did not have a lot of money growing up, so it was very rare we would go to the movies let alone go to see a movie uh, multiple times. And uh, we went and saw it that summer. And then later in the summer, my family was going to go out to go see, I believe it was Panic Room. And uh, me and my younger sister, we were the youngest of four siblings, ended up getting to go see 
Star Wars Attack of the Clones one more time. So that was uh, that was fantastic. Um, and boy, that movie. Yeah, you've got Detective Obi-Wan. John Williams' score is on point. Um, and, I mean, 100 Jedi running across the arena. It's just classic, classic Star Wars and so wild. And, uh, yeah, I'm always going to have good memories with that movie. Um, I can't say it's my favorite of the prequels. That would probably be Phantom Menace. I can never really understand why Padme falls for Anakin in the end. Um, but, hey, whatever, it's still great. And this movie's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Um, thank you guys for sharing all the Star Wars love, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Firstly, and I think um, probably least relevant, uh, that movie is an absolute time capsule of early 2000s cinema, pop culture, etc. And I, I just think it's so much fun. Um, far more importantly, it really, like to me, is the climax of Anakin Skywalker's character development and one of the most pivotal moments in the entire saga. Um, I know that love is a hotly contested debate in the Star Wars universe, uh, but I do agree with George when he says that at its core, one of the things Star Wars is, is a love story. Uh, I'm not going to argue with George Lucas, I'm not that conceited. Uh, but it's incredible to to watch the love story that started the whole saga play out, you know? it's It's really an integral piece of the Star Wars story, of the Skywalker story. Um, I love the nods to, like, Jane Austen Victorian romances, uh, super coy. Um, and uh, also I'm hella gay for Natalie Portman, who is turning nothing but absolute looks in that movie, so maybe I'm biased. Hey, guys, Travis from Force Time Pod here. I love Attack of the Clones for so many reasons. It's my comfort movie that I love putting on at any time. It's full of Star Wars goodness throughout the entire movie. It's truly got everything. Romance, politics, action, comedy. The supporting alien characters are incredible. Dexter Jetster, Zam Wessel, Lama Sue. We get Jango and Little Boba, the arena battle on Geonosis. Anakin and Obi-Wan, Yoda in action. It's it's truly Star Wars at its best, and I'm forever grateful that George Lucas made the movie that he wanted to make. Thanks for Attack of the Clones year this year. It's been so fun to follow along throughout every single episode, and may the Force be with you. Hey, Blast Points. This is Shay, a.k.a. a nerdy bird on the socials, and I love Attack of the Clones. It is such a fun thrill ride, but also... So much important stuff happens in this movie. The long game that Palpatine has been planning really gets kicked into high gear in this movie. The Battle of Geonosis is the spark on that gasoline that he has just been leaking into the galaxy for all these years. It's the catalyst that throws the galaxy into war and chaos, thus allowing him to grab more and more power. Also, Anakin and Padme get together and fall in love in this movie. Without that, there literally is no story of Star Wars. 
I personally think the storyline of the clones is one of the most interesting and certainly one of the most tragic in all of Star Wars. The creation of the clone army was such a secretive and devious plan that 20 years later, we're also trying to fully understand how it all happened. But here in Attack of the Clones is where we first meet them on their missing planet of Kamino. Without the droid and clone armies, there is no war. There is no Order 66. There is no opening for Palpatine to create the First Galactic Empire, which means there is no Death Star and no Rebel Alliance. Without Anakin and Padme making that decision to live a lie but be together, there is no Darth Vader and there is no Luke and Leia, and there is no need for Return of the Jedi. What kind of boring life would we all have without all of that? Of course, I am speaking in timeline order here, so purists, please don't come at me, okay? <laughs> I haven't even mentioned the prime Obi-Wan content that we get in this movie, nor what happens on Tatooine, nor how much I love Dex. But we all know it's in there, in this wild stallion of a movie. So long live Attack of the Clones, and may the Force be with us all. Points. This is the Move Melker Angel de Jorge from La Fosa del Rancor Podcast, Rancor's Speed Podcast. Thank you for the opportunity to express my absolute love for Attack of the Clones. I remember, remember the first time I went to the cinema with excitement of seeing Star Wars again, especially wanting to get rid of the bad taste in my mouth that was the backlash to the Phantom Menace. I lost friends, I lost family. <laughs> I was delighted with the movie. All those action sequences Hayden was fantastic. The romance, please. John Williams breaking my heart with Across the Stars. The film Noah with Kenobi, all that chorus and sequence. I love it. And Django Fett and Boba. Wow. And now does in love with the Attack of the Clones. We're living a second romance with the prequels and this movie. All the reference and wings, the new series like Kenobi, Boba Fett... Uh, the Mandalorian is a dream come true. Anyway, thanks again and thanks very, very, very much for your programs this year's dedicated to the movie. You are the best. And may the force be with you. Hello, Gabe and Jason. This is Stephanie from Los Angeles. And my memories of Attack of the Clones are kind of caught up in the fact that I was six weeks in line on Hollywood Boulevard to see it. And it opened on my birthday. My birthday is May 16th, 2002. That was my 46th birthday. And I felt that it was a personal gift from George himself, that instead of having the movie open on his birthday, which is May 14th, he actually had it on my birthday. I knew somehow he knew I was such a fan that I would get such a great joy out of actually having a Star Wars movie open on my birthday. Um, it introduced me to nerd life. Having been six weeks in a line in Hollywood Boulevard, we were raising money for a children's charity. And yes, we really did spend six weeks in line. It was rather crazy at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood Boulevard. Um, what I love the most about the movie itself was that it introduced me to a bunch of nerds. I thought I was the only person who loved Star Wars as much 
as anybody possibly could. I didn't think there was anybody else. And I ended up finding out there were all kinds of people who love Star Wars, the same as I did, maybe even more than me, because I don't know the details of Star Wars so much. I don't get into the ships and other stuff like that. I just love the story. And the story about Anakin and Padme was, I know it was cringeworthy to many people, especially to me, a grown adult woman with children. But when I recently saw Attack of the Clones, I was watching it and I was really moved by the fact of how much Padme was needing somebody like Anakin in her life. And he needed somebody like her. They both needed an affirmation in a different way. And yeah, his lines are kind of cringy and everything, but this was a guy that was falling in love. And she was falling in love for the first time. So it really, although it seems embarrassing, I think if any of us, anybody could overhear conversations that we'd have with our spouses, our partners, that they would be kind of cringeworthy too, to tell you the truth. Also, it tells us that George is a real romantic, and that's evident by the time that he took so long to get married again, and yet he still wanted to have a family, and he adopted children, and he was a really great dad. And I think that um, the whole Attack of the Clones experience kind of was a wonderful experience for him to share with his children, with his three children, by the time he actually made it. Um, One of the things I'll never forget about the movie itself is that we watched it in the Chinese theater with a packed crowd, which included Elijah Woods and Sean Astin, who were there to watch it with us, along with other people. I have no idea who they were. I'm sure there were more famous people in the in the thing, in the theater. But when Yoda came into the room where Dooku was and pulled out his lightsaber, oh my gosh, I thought everybody was going to jump on their chairs and start screaming because it was so incredible. Absolutely amazing that this little dude, this little guy had that agility and that power. And we knew that Dooku was, forget it, he was going to have to run away from that fight. There was no way he was going to win that fight. And although, yeah, it seemed ridiculous, he's jumping all over the place, Yoda is, but oh my gosh, it was so wonderful seeing him come to their rescue in such a firm way. And then at the end, he just kind of grunts and gets his cane back and just kind of walks away with a limp, which was really cute. Well, I love Yoda very much. I think that at the end of Attack of the Clones, it gave me and everybody in the audience such a feeling of all was right with the world. Because you have to remember that this was the first movie that came out Star Wars movie that came out um, after 9-11. And um, it was a very tense and scary time after 9-11. People didn't want to. My husband was so worried about me being uh, living on the street for six weeks and, you know, wonder if a terrorist came. I wonder if this happened to me. He was very worried about my safety of us gathering a a large spot to see a movie. Um, And... Yet when you went and saw Attack of the Clones, you felt like everything's going to be okay. Now, we know that what the end of the story of Anakin and Padme were was, but at the same time, they were so full of hope at that particular point. And they ended up being, you know, uh, Luke and Leia's mom and dad. And that was such a wonderful thing to experience. When I finished up with the line, the Star Wars line, I wrote a little poem 
actually. <laughs> and I don't even think I've ever shared this with anybody, but I'm going to share it with you guys. Um, it really was written to the song American Pie. I am not going to sing it to you, but I will just tell you what the very last part of it was. And it goes to say, did you know that Tatooine was home to Annie, Luke, and 3PO if a spoiler guy tells you so? And do you believe that a former Naboo queen could fall in love with a Jedi keen on conquering the universe for Palpatine? Well, I know that you're in love with this tale because I saw you jump, pump your fist, and shout woohoo when Yoda put down his cane and took Dooku to school. I know it's not perfect, but it really did tell me. I just had to express my joy for seeing this movie, for connecting it with other nerds who I still know to this day, and just how much fun it was to see this movie. This, it was just silly, and it was absurd. It was beautiful. It was full of love, and it was, I don't know, just started me on my nerd life. And that's how I came across your podcast um, and that's how we all have connected up together on the internet is through our love of Star Wars. Anyway, that's my memories of Attack of the Clone. I hope you like this and I will look forward to hearing what you put together from all of our joy regarding Attack of the Clones. May the force be with you. Bye. <laughs> hey boss points um just want to say i love you guys love your podcast um yeah so attack of the clones there's so much to say about it um where, where do i begin seeing all the jedi um in full force um i love the the love scenes with padme and anakin even though a lot of people give that give it a lot of um stick i love it so much um because i'm a hopeless romantic um but yeah something that really stands out for me it's a random part of the scene but it's like literally when anakin is off to kill the tuscan raiders but that um that little transition in the music when it goes to the jaw of the fate song i just love that when he's on the speeder um but yeah i don't know i love attack of the clones so much so many memories with my um sisters and and lightsabers and everything but um yeah oh and who can forget yoda um having a lightsaber jaw with count dooku but yeah it's an amazing movie attack of the clones Woo! Hey, Jason and Gabe, Stephen here from Star Wars at the Movies and the Star Wars Collector's Archive. So why do I love Attack of the Clones? I guess I'd have to say it's a complicated love that definitely evolved over time and has maybe become stronger because I'd sort of deliberately separated myself from it for a long while. Coming back to it and really putting it in focus this year now that it's 20 years old has been such a blast and I think all the groundwork it laid for what so much of what Star Wars and blockbuster movies became after it is what I've really come to appreciate the most. Well that and Obi-Wan diving out of a skyscraper window and Christopher Lee gracefully flying through the dunes like the Wicked Witch of Geonosis or random Jedi dudes splitting their pants while doing lightsaber moves on the arena floor. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, episode two was George Lucas at his happiest, his boldest, zaniest, for sure. And that's something that deserves love, even if it's the kind of love you have for an eccentric but good-hearted uncle who creates crazy art that maybe most wouldn't understand or care for, but you do somehow. 
Thanks so much for AOTC year and showing me the light, as I'm sure you have many others. And may this party never be over. Hey, Jason. Hey, Gabe. The reasons I love Attack of the Clones so much are as follows. One, Mace Windu. Now, you know, when we saw that Samuel Jackson was going to be, become part of the Star Wars universe and we got all excited that uh, he was in The Phantom Menace and the only thing he really did was just, you know, sit in a nice Barker lounger and uh, with his, um, you know, hands folded and uh, we just waited for him to do something. And then we finally got to see him be this really awesome, badass Jedi with a purple lightsaber who easily chopped off not only Jango Fett's hand, but head. I enjoyed seeing Mace, uh, Mace Windu on the screen. Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu is still something that's just very, just, just a wild concept in general. How um, this fantastic actor um, who once had a wallet that said Bad Mother beep, on it in Pulp Fiction became uh, one of the coolest Jedi in the history of Star Wars. Now, the other thing I love is the space chase build between... Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jango Fett. You got Obi-Wan in his Jedi Starfighter, which is really cool because that's the first time we ever really saw, you know, oh, what kind, of, what, kind of, uh, what kind of vehicles do Jedi fly in outer space? Oh, they got these really cool Starfighters. Oh, nice. And you see, well, what used to be known as the Slave One, now a.k.a. the Fire Spray. And you really got to see the Fire Spray in action. Plus, you know, we get that awesome um, sonic charge, you know, wow, you know, which is great. It's great. And then the third thing would be the Battle of Genosis. We finally, after being longtime Star Wars fans, we finally get to see tons of, Je tons of Jedi in action doing all kinds of cool things. Then we get this massive war. It's great. There's so many other reasons to also love Attack of the Clones, but those are my favorites. The only thing that would have made Attack of the Clones even better was if Pruneface was in it. Anyway, love the show. Keep on doing what y'all do. Continued best. Peace. What's going on, Blast Point's best podcast in a galaxy? On a side note, thanks, 3PO. If you know, you know where that comment's from. But getting back to Attack of the Clones, this movie to me is just essential in the whole saga. And I have very fond memories of this movie. Actually, it's the year my wife and I got married. And I remember the toy runs going out before the movie release and spending all this money on stuff while we were supposed to be, pre be preparing for a wedding. Um, just the story, the visuals, never seen anything like it before, the music. Um, just absolutely love it. You guys keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Blast Points. It's your old pal, Nick Tierce. Why do I love Attack of the Clones? That feels like a bigger question than it probably should be. Uh, all of us denizens of the Super Live Super Star Wars chill group, now we recognize Episode 2 as being filled to the brim with the weird marginalia that we love so dearly, the space diners, the detective quests, the grazing butt creatures, the library, the Sifo-Dyas of it all. But when it was released... I didn't look at it that way yet. I was 14 years old in 2002, and despite all of the criticism of the movie's, let's say, operatic dialogue and romantic aspirations, I was myself becoming an awkward teenager, and it spoke directly to my experience at the time. 
anchored firmly to my soul by John Williams' Across the Stars, of course, which I now can't hear without thinking back to my own first crush, which was, I'll admit, on a Padme cosplayer at San Diego Comic-Con 2002. And as ill-fated as the on-screen romance would prove to be, there is something of a puppy love that permeates the whole affair. And the purity of that still takes my breath away. Uh, Sincerity has become a rare commodity in 2022. And back in 2002, once again, George dared to be cute in another way entirely. And that's why I love Attack of the Clones, because Attack of the Clones loves love. Thanks, guys. I truly, deeply love you. And before I die, I want you to know. Bye. Oh, wow. 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 Thank you so much, everybody. This is the, the best way to, to uh, end a year and especially an Attack of the Clones year. That's the thing where, like, listening to all those messages, it's just we love all of you so much. We love all of our listeners We've got some of the best listeners in the world. I mean, that's so clear when we go to celebrations and like we, you know, Blast Points in general has had a pretty good year in 2022. Like from our experiences in celebration and you know, doing like roundtable interviews for Andor and stuff. Like we've we, we've had a good year, and uh, that's re- that's we wouldn't get the opportunities that we've had if it wasn't for our amazing listeners, for all of you listening. So, yeah, at the end of this year, our last episode of the year, just a huge, huge, huge thank you to each and every one of you listening. You you all might not be Attack of the Clones, but you're close, and you deserve our thanks. See film of the summer. Now, relive the excitement. Hold on. Relive the adventure. Relive the fun. All over again. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Apple 
Apple Podcast Reviews. Guess what? If you enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed our episodes all year, if you've enjoyed any episode of Blast Points ever, go over there, write a little something nice about the show if you listen on Apple. It helps more people find the show. It brings warm feelings to our hearts. And if you listen on Spotify, leave us a five-star review over there, too. And make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com, and that you follow us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, you've got to be in the Super Chill group. And if you want to support the show in a different way, we got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where right now we are doing recaps for Willow. Willow the show. Willow. 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 Little brownie-sized bites. Brownie bites. Brownie points. Willow. <laughs> Willow. They're doing recaps on Patreon of Willow. That's what's going on. And after Willow ends, when Bad Batch starts up, Bad Batch review episodes are going to be over there also. So Patreon is going to be busy for a while. And if you are a member of the Blast Points Army, if you have been for a long time or just like a week or two weeks or a month or something this year, thank you so much, each and every one of you, for supporting us over there. But that about wraps up number 339. That about wraps up 2022 for Blast Points here. We will be back in kind of a matter of weeks we're gonna have an episode for the first two episodes of bad batch season two and then regular episodes will be starting up again on january 17th and i wish you all could see our list of episodes we have planned for 2023 because there's some really fun stuff on the way Yeah, 2022 was great, but I think 2023 is going to be even better. Mandalorian, we've got Celebration London, which we will not be at, but we will be doing Celebration live coverage from my living room, which will be very exciting. We're going to be together in my living room doing Celebration live coverage together. (laughs) But yes, again, everyone, thank you all so, so, so much for listening. Truly, like, we really believe it that we have some of the coolest star wars fans listening to our show and we we could not we wouldn't do what we were doing without all of you listening and we appreciate each and every one of you so much yeah thank you so much and see you next year bye everybody bye bye may the force be with you goodbye old friend may the force be with you something new to spot and probably one of those is uh fake beard moments that uh maybe we overlooked before whoops <laughs> i'll do that again may the force be with all of you